They are ambitious. They are supporters. They are hustlers. They champion other women. They are boss babes. The Ottawa Valley is full of boss babes, and I'm here to tell you who they are. Hey, I'm Katie. And I'm Louise, and together we are vendors of the Valley. Come join us at our vendor market October 22nd from 4 to 9 at 2 International Way, all in support of the Pembroke Regional Hospital. Bring your friends, shop some amazing local vendors, and enjoy locally sourced food and drinks. Tickets go on sale September 22nd at 9 a.m. We hope to see you there. Hello, 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 and welcome to the OB Boss Babes podcast. Our dogs are integral to our daily lives. They follow our commands, they work with us in various capacities, and they are our faithful companions. Let's be honest, they're our best friends looking out for us, lending an ear, and being there to comfort us when we're sad. But in addition to emotional support and always an eager walking partner, they can also be trained to perform specific tasks for individuals with disabilities, enabling independence one paw at a time. And these two babes take pride in being accredited with the Canadian Pet Dog Trainer Association and the Canadian Association of Service Dog Trainers. Please welcome co-founders, dog lovers, and certified trainers, Tina Parker McNish and Jill McClellan. I hope I'm saying your name right. I feel like I'm just going to still butcher this again. I've watched my six service dogs and end of the leash pet boutique in Padawawa. Hello. Hi, thanks for having us. Thanks for coming on, ladies. And actually, I should also say welcome to Petawawa. Thank you. We're so excited to <laughs> finally have a business in Petawawa. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. We're pretty happy. Yeah, because you guys are originally in Pembroke, and I do want to get into that. But before we talk about why you decided to move locations, let's get to know the two of you a little bit more. So where are you both from originally, and what brought you here to the Ottawa Valley? Um, so I moved here uh, 11 years ago. I'm originally from Sydney, Cape Breton. Um, my spouse at the time was military. We moved out here. Um, unfortunately, things didn't work out with um, that relationship. The area loved the community, loved all the things around us. I'm big into nature. Um, I stayed and met my new husband. He's at CNL. Our family is going to be permanently here because he loves his job. I love what I do. And we're big bikers, kayakers. We use all the nature around us. And we love the people. It's very similar to back home. Very small community, East Coast feel in the in the valley, and I love it here. And I actually was born and raised here. Um, my dad uh, was military, and um, met my mom here, and uh, and here I am. I never left. Um, I did marry a, a military person, and he is still in, and. Uh, we were posted out for six years, but Catawawa called us back and here we are. So how did, how did the two of you know each other then? And whose idea was it to go into business together? Um, so I met Tina, geez, almost eight years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually was in the reserves. Um, I suffered an injury while serving in the reserves, um, led to PTSD, depression, all of those um, mental illnesses that come, that come with an injury. Um, so I met Tina looking for help to train my, uh, my dog, Max, to be a service dog. Um, at the time, she was doing private training with a few other individuals looking for similar things. Um, after that, I was hooked. Um, there was only four of us at the time, um, and I was seeing the benefits of how Max was changing my life. 
and we actually sat down and said, how can we do this on a larger scale? There's more than just four of us in the Valley that are needing the service. It's, it's overly needed in the country even. So, and that's kind of, we sat around a kitchen table and made watch my six. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we knew at the time, um, so leading before I met Tina, I, I emailed countless organizations across the country was quoted anywhere from 30 to $50,000 to get my dog trained. Um, that's a mortgage, I'm a veteran, I was on disability. Um, who can afford that? That's a house in the Valley. So um, we sat down and we knew from the beginning that we weren't gonna charge people an arm and a leg. We sat down and figure what's the bare minimum that we can charge to actually keep our operation going and still provide this service to people. Um, when I started it, I did it one-on-one. -on -one. I would go to somebody's house um, and help them train their dog. And it was just, uh, basically I was uh, working and then working another job. Um, I would spend every day off um, going to somebody's home and training with them and their dog um, to get dogs certified. Um, and I'm only one person, so it was becoming a lot for me. And, and that's why we kind of um, came up with Watch My Six. Um, so we can take it bigger without stretching me too far. Well, stretching too far right now is I feel like what Jill's doing because poor Jill, after she finished her spiel there, she just kind of took a deep breath, sat back down. And, and for those that aren't aware, Jill, how far along are you in your pregnancy? Uh, 37 weeks, <laughs> 37. So <laughs> any day, that's right. And you're having a little boy, which is so exciting. A little man. <laughs> yeah, no, def definitely a boy. Um, the ultrasound show, he is definitely a boy. Definitely. <laughs> my husband comes from, from like a farming background and they, their family is four generations of just boys. They only produce boys. So <laughs> me thinking I was having a girl just wasn't in the cards. That's but hilarious. I'm quite happy to have my little man. Oh my gosh. Well, by the time that this comes out, little man will be here and he's going to be a new member of the watch my six service dogs. Now it's going to be like, watch my six service dogs. Plus my son running around. Yeah. Puppies and babies. Yeah. It's better. That's right. Um, okay. So you guys actually also used to be situated in Pembroke. So when and why did you relocate to Petawawa? I feel like we're bringing everybody over here now. I mean, Prairie and Luna relocated here. Now we've got you guys here. So tell us the scoop. So Watch My Six has kind of been funny. We've, we've kind of floated around the community for, for years. Um, we were never really in a stable place to be able to afford to put money on, ooh, puppies, um, to be able to afford um, an actual permanent location. So about four years ago, the Legion donated us one day a week. Um, we trained out of the PMC. They were so lovely to be able to offer our dogs just to even walk the, up, the upper loop. Um, the Pembroke Mall allowed us to do training. So we've always kind of, kind of snuck into places with permission, which was amazing. Uh, but about two years ago, um, Phoenix Rising Gym opened and they had um, a back room that we offered to kind of pay them what we could to actually have a home finally. Um, and they were fantastic and offered that. Um, unfortunately, COVID, a lot of businesses couldn't operate. So they unfortunately shut down, but it was around the same time that we started the boutique that we had about 3000 square feet that we decided, you know what, like, Let's just put them into here and we know that they're under our roof and we will have a home for them forever now. So we're pretty happy about this new location, about 900 square feet. We have severed off that it's a perfect, we call it the ruckus room when the dogs aren't in it because dogs just come and play and enjoy it. But we're pretty happy to be in Petawawa. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it goes right with it. You know, like you said on your website or maybe on your Instagram page or something that you put the pet in Petawawa. So obviously you guys are meant to be here now. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, dog, we're dog moms. I have four dogs. Tina has two, usually more. Um, but yeah, no, we we absolutely love the community. We're both, we both are Petawawa residents. So it's so much easier to be able to offer services right here. We need to run in. It's five minutes down the road for either of us. Um, Petawawa is definitely home. The Valley's home. Um, it's just kind of, we ended up in Petawawa with Watch by Six. We would have happily went to Pembroke or wherever. We're, we're just, they're here right now. So. Yep. <laughs> So Watch My Six is a nonprofit organization that's dedicated to helping individuals train service dogs while increasing the awareness about the rights and roles of service dogs. So what is your definition of a service dog and how are they trained to do work or perform tasks and carry out specific commands for a person with a disability? Yeah, the difference between service dogs and like the emotional support therapy dogs, service dogs actually have to perform a task. Um, the big difference between emotional support and service dogs, emotional support are just kind of comfort. The companions, every dog can be an emotional support dog. Service dogs are the dogs that will go and remind you to take medication. They will wake you from nightmares. They will open doors for you. Uh, they will, the, the, it's a magnitude. So really guide dogs, uh, dogs for the deaf. Uh, all of those dogs do a task for that individual. Um, some do uh, more than others. Um, some are, yes, for emotional support, but they're also for if you drop something and you can't bend over to pick it up, they will pick it up for you. Um, yes, just little tasks like that. Um, we've taught dogs to um, turn on the lights when somebody's having a nightmare and then wake them up. Um, yeah, there's just a magnitude of tasks that they can do, but they have to perform a task um, other than sitting on your lap. <laughs> so for me for max my service dog at the time he would do deep pressure therapy so if i was stressed out he would lay on my lap or he'd lean against me i'd rub his ear he'd give me his paw i would take his paw and use it as a grounding technique so i would feel the textures in his paw he'd wake me from nightmares um if i was stressed out in a store he'd actually find an exit start pulling me towards an exit um but that, that was just and if every psychiatric need is different so my ptsd may be different than somebody else's so we really sit down with the client to figure out what their actual needs are. Um, some need blocking. So the dog actually creates a little six foot bubble, which makes sense now. Everybody stays six feet apart. But two years ago, that was a need that people um, don't want people in their bubbles. So that's definitely a task that we train a lot of our dogs to do. Um, we've had a mobility dog that um, does laundry, opens fridges and grabs water bottles for their person. Um, some of our autism dogs, uh, if the child bolts, the dog will actually grab. So the child can't run away. Um, that's a that's a really amazing task to see. Um, but yeah, yeah, a service dog that does laundry. I think that everybody could use one of those in their homes. Yeah, that's right. a great trick to train. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's yeah. Cool. <laughs> I, if they get them to pick up their own toys, we'd be happy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now, how can someone enlist their dog to become a service dog? And are there certain types of breeds that are able to, um, or are you able to put your dog, like, let's just say you have a Labradoodle or, or a Golden Retriever, could any dog become a service dog? Not every dog is meant to be a service dog. Some dogs just are meant to be our pets. So um, what, we, what we do is we do a little bit of a, a, an evaluation on them first. And if they pass that evaluation, then we take them into a six week program. Once they they finish that uh, six week program, that's when we decide, okay, this dog can be a service dog. 
Um, the costs are very minimal in our area, so or for with us anyways. Um, and we we tr we try to make sure that the dogs going forward are ready for this. Right? It's a lot of work. Psychiatric dogs burn out quite fast. So it's not just about training for service. It's also training to allow your dog to be just a dog as well. So um, some people can't do that. So it may not be a good fit for our program. Um, but yeah, we, we don't take, so the only dogs we don't take are any on the banned breed list. Right. Um, so saying that pit bull, pit bull mixes, unfortunately they are great dogs, but it's not practical if you're trying to take a dog um, to the U.S., you're trying to travel with your dog. Um, for me, I have two Akitas. My Akitas, as, as well as they're not, they're, they're not banned here, but in a lot of the states, they are banned. So if I wanted to travel, I wouldn't be able to take my Akita into a certain state. Um, so we definitely look at those um, people that want their pug to be a mobility dog. Obviously, that's not going to happen. You need a big, strong, sturdy dog for that. So um, we do sit down and talk to people about that. Um, we don't take dogs past the age of five because realistically, it's going to take a year or two to train. And by that time, the dog's seven. It's lived its life. We just wanted to have a great life after that. Um, yeah, most dogs are senior dogs at around seven. And some of the big, giant breeds are actually a little less than that. So um, yeah, at that point, they should just be allowed to be dogs. Yeah. And like Tina mentioned, a psychiatric dog burns out in roughly three to five years um, just because they, they take on your stuff. They can take their rest off at the end of the day, but they're still going to alert you. So we really want the dog to have a great life. And we've really noticed by having that conversation with our clients um, and having them keep an eye out on their dog because their dog is their lifeline or their best friend. That we've been seeing a lot of our dogs able to hit the, the five-year mark um, rather than burning out a lot earlier. Um, but yeah, so, the, so go back to it. To apply, um, they go on our website. Um, there's a survey monkey. We, you apply, we have a conversation with you, and then we bring you in for an assessment is how you first start. Circling back to what you guys are talking about, though, in terms of um, like a service dog lifespan, it's like they retire, like it's their retirement by the time that they reach a certain age. And because dog years are a lot faster than, than human years, it makes sense now. Cause I never really understood that. Now I'm like, you know, cause it's fast paced and everything. And so just like we retire at the age of 55, preferably or 60 or whenever we decide to tire, very similar, like a dog, they get burned out. They're tired. They're ready to throw in the towel and just live the retired life. Yeah. Yeah. So my, so my boy Max retired, actually retired two years ago. Um, I kind of put him on half days, only taking him if I absolutely needed him for about two years before that. But he he's still he's still alerting. If I'm at home and I'm stressed, he's still there. He's still doing his job. His he's ten now, but he's he's an old man, and I really try to give him the best life because he was there for six solid years that were really hard on me. So we want to really re reward them for the jobs that that they do. So Jill, you touched on the intake process, but now let's talk about the program. So maybe Tina, can you tell me what kind of service dog programs you guys offer? So we actually um, have started, we've, we've always done the service dog. So we do psych, psychiatric um, and autism. Um, and the program, again, we start at that six weeks. Um, and then after that, once they pass that six weeks and get their best, it can take anywhere from a year um, and sometimes too, depending on the dog and the handler and how much they can train. Um, because we do uh, once a week here um, with those dogs and then the handler has to do the rest of the training from home. 
Um, we are always here to support, but uh, they really need to do the, the training at home. So it really depends on how much training they're putting in. Um, we also have uh, started another program and it's Therapy Dog, which is my dog. She does that, uh, my dog Rain does uh, therapy work where those dogs can actually go out in public and be patted and loved and given treats and, and, and so on. Um, we had the opportunity to work with uh, some young ladies. Uh, when was that, Jill, last year? Yeah. Sometime last year. Um, and um, I mean, Rain was great. She found the, the one young lady that needed her the most and just sat there and let her pet her. And then when uh, when that young lady calmed down, she just went on to the next one. Um, so we do, she does She does a lot of therapy work. Um, uh, I was lucky enough to also bring her to the hospital at one point and uh, we're hoping to be able to get a program in there for the doctors and the nurses once COVID kind of settles down. So um, dogs are just special and can bring people um, Bring, make, bring people happiness and calmness. So, um, yeah. Yes, I think that's so between, yeah. So between the psychiatric, the autism for the service dog side and then the therapy dog side, uh, we all also offer basic puppy and basic dog obedience. Um, those courses are for anybody. If you just have a dog and you need some extra help, um, that course is actually the same intro to service dog course that we run. You're getting the exact same program that our service dog gets, but it's for the general public. Um, all the money that's brought in from that is a donation. Um, that money purely goes to Watch My Six to help keep their lights on. Um, we don't want to go further than that because there are some amazing other businesses in the community um, that offer agility and all these other amazing courses. We purely wanted to keep it basic just to be able to keep their lights on. Um, so that's definitely something else we offer. And then Tina does privates as well. So she has 30 years experience training dogs. So if you have a dog that just has some funny quirks that you need help with. Uh, Tina, Tina does those as well. Uh, funny quirks too, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Now, how often do you guys take new applicants? Is this something that's going on, you know, during certain seasons at certain times of the year? Um, we typically go to three intakes a year. Um, so we usually do a September, January, and March um, of new service dogs therapy. We do once a year. Um, because it's, it's a much smaller program. Um, we only do that once a year, but um, service dogs, um, our wait list usually gets up to 40 people. So um, yeah, uh, three times a year, we bring in those people. So actually they're, they're getting reached, contacted in the next week. Yeah, those the contacts have gone out actually. Yes. Yeah, so. so yeah, three times a year, um, everybody's entitled to an assessment. So if you put your name on a wait list and you have a dog, you will get contacted. We're, we're pretty proud about that. Everybody that puts in an application, we will sit down and talk to you. Yeah. Okay. Now, can anybody submit an application or is it specifically military members and veterans or civilians? Like, how does that work? Um, no, anybody can, anybody who has a doctor's note requiring them to have a um, service dog are welcome to uh, register with us. Um, we... We did start with just veterans. Um, that's kind of where I started. Um, but we, we've seen a need within the community, um, at, at, especially now with, with COVID and mental health issues. Um, you know, it's an outlet. So we don't, we don't turn anybody away. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have the ability to train mobility um, we don't have, I don't have the ability to do uh, diabetic or anything like that or seizure alert. Um, so though, unfortunately those people I have to turn away, 
It's not that we want to, um, it's just that we don't have the, I don't have the knowledge to train those dogs and I would never want to put anybody at risk. So other than that, like we take anybody and everybody who has a doctor's note. Yeah. The only time, the only time we may have to juggle is if we have, because we only can take on so many people every three times a year. So we take on roughly 12 max. Um, if we have 12 veterans apply, they'll get first, they'll get first slots over civilians. Um, same with children. Unfortunately, if we have 12 children, that's a, that's a lot of children in one room. <laughs> so, and, and they have individual needs. So we try to keep our, our children's program smaller than our adult program. Um, so we can't take ever we can't take 12 children. We can't take 12 veterans plus 12 civilians. So we do try to keep it to 12 three times a year. Um, saying that we do, we consider our first responders and our veterans under the same bubble. So lately we've had a large, um, a large um, OPP RCMP in flux lately. So um, we put them on the, on the same lines as veterans that they get priority over civilians, but we haven't had to do juggling for a little bit now. We've had to do it a few years ago, but right now we currently are able to take everybody that they apply and usually they can get into class right away. And that's the, that's the reason for that is because we do have the space now. Um, so um, we are able to, to take on more people. So it's awesome. Oh, that's great. Now I want to kind of circle back again, where we were talking, Jill, about dogs that don't always make it forward during the programs. Like on your website, I, I read that you mentioned that it's very structured obedience courses and that not all dogs go forward. So how often do dogs not make the cut? And what are the signs that a dog will not be moving forward in the process? Some dogs just don't um, have the response that they need to have to be a service dog. And it doesn't mean that they are not great pets. It just means they are not great service dogs. So um, there's little things. Um, I guess the first thing is, is we look for behaviors um, that we can work with, but some dogs, um, what word am I trying to think of? <laughs> uh, when they have, when they, when, when it comes to time to respond to something that's going on, some of the dogs just don't. And, um, it's honestly really hard to describe it. You just kind of see it. Um, some dogs just don't have it. They don't respond to anything at all. Um, some dogs, if they're lunging towards other dogs, we obviously we can't have that. Um, we can work on those things, but if they're not responding to their handler um, in the ways that the handler needs, then um, it's just, and you can find that out within the first six weeks. Usually you can find that out within the first three weeks. Um, Actually, with that being said, you can usually find that out in the intake. <laughs> um, I think it's only been twice that I've um, said no to, to uh, a handler and dog um, because it just wasn't going to work. It, the dog was not responsive to that handler at all. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but it is usually not a surprise to the family. After they come for a few weeks and they try to work on various things, um, sometimes it just doesn't work out, but we never close the door. So what, what, I think with the the individuals that we've had to unfortunately say no to, we've given them time to be reevaluated a year later. Because um, a lot of the times we hate closing doors to people because they still need they still need the help. So we can either help them find a new dog or help them continue to work with the dog that they have. Um, but yeah, some dogs just don't work out. Some dogs aren't. We've had dogs that don't like men, so we can't have a dog barking and lunging at men walking through a mall. Like <laughs> it's just realistic. It's not going to happen. We've had dogs that don't like to be touched. So they actually lunge at a trainer. It's like, no, that could be a small child. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a realistic thing. It, like not all dogs like people, not all dogs like other dogs. So they're still a great dog, um, but just for what they need to be able to do, um, it's just not safe. So. so we never guarantee that the dogs will become service dogs. What we do guarantee is that we will continue help uh, to help them become great uh, family members. So um, again, like we said, no matter what, we can uh, continue to work with them, but not as a service dog. Uh, yeah. Very good points. Yeah, they, well, they're very much like us humans. I mean, some of us don't like to be touched. Some of us don't like, you know, us people approaching us first thing in the morning either. And, and we'll come at people (laughs) in a a different kind of way with our voices versus, you know, attacking, but yeah, Mm -hmm. no, very, very true. Um, Now I want to kind of switch gears again and switch away from talking about dogs, although we all love talking about dogs, but let's talk about humans because you guys have quite the extensive list of team members. So can you briefly tell us a little bit about each of them and what their roles are through each of the specified programs? Well, we have a a few team members. Um, We have uh, a couple of volunteers um, that uh, had just started with us recently. Uh, and one who has moved uh, down east. So uh, Megan um, was doing an amazing job here and it has, um, or will be, hasn't yet, but will be starting um, a Watch My Six Down East. Um, So that's very exciting for us and for her. Um, We're still in the early stages of that. So hopefully soon we'll have that available for our our folks down east. Um, We also have, Brian Walters, who is volunteering with us. Brian, actually him and his dog went through the program and uh, Yeti is a service dog to Brian and Brian would like to give back now. So he is learning. Um, And then we also have um, Dana. Dana is, um, her husband's a veteran. um, So she was also a military spouse. Neither one of them have a service dog. She just wanted to help out um, and has been volunteering with us probably for just over a year now. Um, And then we have Christina. Christina is um, our superstar. She literally, honestly, I'm not, this is not a lie. She probably volunteers about 40 to 50 hours a week. So um, she has given a lot to watch my six and, just a shout out to her. We love you. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Um, yeah. She, she doesn't have a service dog. She just loves dogs. And the biggest reward to her is seeing seeing the, the changes that she has. Um, so she she has people that we, we, we feel it too, is we, we know we're saving lives. Um, so getting that, getting that reward every day when you show up to work is something that can't be replaced by anything else. Um, and that's purely what she takes from it. And she is, yeah, like, again, our, our superstar, she is, she's here constantly, like constantly. So, and she's always there for all the clients. She knows that they know that she's just a phone call away, a text away, and she'll be there. She'll talk to them at midnight if they're having a rough night. Uh, she just goes above and beyond what anybody. Yeah. The hours that she puts in here, the 40 to 50 hours is not compared to what she puts out, puts out outside of here as well. Uh, she's like I said, always available for any of the clients so she's amazing and saying clients we probably have about 60 in in various levels of training so she yeah, yeah she's a superstar <laughs> Uh, awesome. Well, I hope that all your staff and volunteers listen and shout out to Christina because Christina, that is a humble brag right there. And you are such a superstar to this team. So love hearing about that. That's, that's so cool. 
And you know what else is also cool, ladies, because we need to talk about this, is the fact that you guys decided to open End of the Leash, a high-quality pet boutique that features all kinds of pet supplies along with an extremely wholesome experience. And personable experience, I should say too. I should say too. Um, you literally just had your grand opening last week, along with your block party. So tell us where this idea stemmed from and what people can expect. Hello. Um, I actually worked at a local pet boutique um, for eight and a half years, and um, unfortunately, once the business sold, um, it just wasn't working for me anymore. And I, I made a con an offhand comment to Jill, like, oh, maybe I'll just open my own store. And then probably, I think it was not even a week later, she's like, do you want to do it? Do you want to <laughs> open your own store? Like, we'll do it together. <laughs> What's stopping you? Yeah, right? So here we are. <laughs> so we did it. Yeah. Because we're nuts. <laughs> no, no but it just, it just made sense. So when Tina mentioned it one day, I, I went home and I was like, I'm, I'm a veteran. I'm currently not working. She has eight years of like retail experience in the pet industry, plus 30 years of dog training. I'd be stupid not to try to take her on as a partner and open this. We know there's a need. COVID dogs are a major thing. Um, so it just logically made sense to kind of poach her and <laughs> um, see, what, see what we could do. It's like we were either going to sink or swim. We were going to throw money at it and it was either going to happen or not. And I'm glad it happened. <laughs> well, we can always use another pet boutique here in the Valley and who doesn't love shopping for their animals. And, and I haven't been personally in yet. It's on my to-do list to go do it, but I've seen the great work that Amanda Walker from Amanda Talker Media, got to give her a little plug here. Um, she's been showcasing and working with you guys to show everybody what it's like in store. And it looks like a great experience. So like, tell everybody what you guys offer. Well, we offer the ultimate shopping experience. Um, when it comes to our pets, like who, like you said, who doesn't want to spoil their pet? Um, but we do deal with some serious issues um, regarding allergies and food and that sort of thing. Um, so I do give, we do give advice on that. Uh, we were lucky enough that um, a former co-worker uh, of mine who has a ton of knowledge um, has come on board as our manager. So we have her and myself um, to talk about food and we have some other girls that are here that we are um, training and are, are really doing their re research to to help uh, make this store amazing um, so we offer amazing great foods um, and just a personal one-on-one -on -one experience and if you if you need help and you have questions we will be here for you no matter how long it takes if you're here for five minutes or if you're here for 10 minutes or you're here for a half an hour um, we will walk through everything step by step with you yeah. And we kind of, so our schedule we have, so we have Christina and Kelsey who are amazing. Uh, Jane's our manager and then myself and Tina. And at any given time, you can come into the store and have a food expert and a, uh, and a dog trainer. So if you're having any issues and you want your dog checked out, you want a little bit of training tips, we can walk into the room with you and do some one-on-one -on -one training with you. We can give you great advice on food, supplements, great quality products. Um, and then something that was really important to us was carrying locally made veteran owned military spokes owned products so we've actually we're still hunting so if you happen to know anybody um let us know because we love carrying locally made products so we have bandanas and scrunchies from lounge life we have um keychains 
made by Tina's daughter. We have another uh, lady who does keychains who is a military spouse. Um, we're just Laurentian Leeds. Laurentian Leeds in Deep River. And we're just about to launch a new soap uh, for dogs and for humans. You can put, you, all of us can use it. Um, so that's happening too. And a new laundry soap as well. Uh, and that lady's out of Deep River. So yeah. The, we want to support our local community because it's important because they support us. So yeah, yeah we're really trying to carry as much community-made product as possible. Um, it's really been important to us to keep, to keep the family, um, to keep things in the Valley. So if there's anybody in the Valley that's making dog products, we would love to carry those products. Um, Whether that be a sign with paw prints on it yeah. or anything like that, absolutely. We yeah. would definitely do that for you. Yeah, we really want that custom one-on-one -on -one experience. We hand-built all of our shelves. It was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, but we we really put everything into the store that we could, and we're really happy with how it looks and uh, and, the, and the feel. Yeah, yeah, it wants yeah, we want it to feel good. We want people to understand that this. We want you to feel welcome, like this is home. Yeah, that's great. Well, what a great way to support local businesses, and and a little shout out too, like to get other businesses on board to feature their products in your store. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We're going to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. We know that seeking counseling support can seem overwhelming, but the therapists at Forging Forward Counseling Services truly believe one's mental well-being is just as important as one's physical health. Our private practice offers a variety of counseling services to meet your changing needs, including supports for individuals, professionals, couples, and families using a multifaceted, client-focused approach. We fully support inclusion and welcome people of all ages, races, ethnicities, range of abilities, religions, sexual orientations, gender identities, and socioeconomic backgrounds to reach out for services when they are ready. Our growing team of therapists would be honored to walk with you and your family side by side as you are forging forward, finding new ways to deal with life's many challenges. Our counselors will guide you towards defining your customizable therapy goals and work with you to develop coping strategies that you can bring along with you on your journey to enhance resiliency, overcome obstacles, and improve relationships. If we do not have the right experience or qualifications to meet your needs, we will direct you to community resources who can. Please visit www.forgingforward.ca forward slash appointments or call us at 613-631-1097 to book a consultation. We are only a click of a button or a phone call away. The Town of Petawawa and the Petawawa Business Advisory Network are pleased to support local businesses. Small businesses are an integral component in vibrant, dynamic communities. By their very nature, entrepreneurs innovate, disrupt the status quo, inspire creativity, and promote skills development. Small businesses are the very fabric and rich history of a diverse community. Support local businesses. Check out shoppetawawa.ca, your one-stop resource to finding businesses in Petawawa. View promotions and messages connected directly to business, social, and shopping platforms. Help our small businesses. Shoppetawawa.ca. This past year has taught us many things, including whether or not we like working from home. 
If you're looking for ways to make a living without a commute or are itching to put that entrepreneurial spirit to good use, PMFRC Employment Service can help. Reach out to discover what opportunities and resources exist for home business owners. Call 613-687-1717 or check out our website at padawalemployment.ca. It's Krista from Pure Canadian Candle Company in downtown Pembroke, and you're listening to the OB Boss Babes podcast with your host, Holly Molinar. Um, now, you mentioned personalized experiences, and I love, love, love that you guys did this because you partnered with Valley Eats to offer the first dog and cat food delivery service option here in the Valley. Okay, I'm here for this. I love it. Whose idea was this? Uh, I don't, well, I think we were looking just to do deliver, a delivery service because um, when I was working at the other store, I actually did it personally um, during COVID. I would just, on my way home from work, I would drop people's food off. Um, so I, I thought it was something that was important. At the time, I wasn't thinking Valley Eats, but um, that's kind of just where the, where it went. We didn't think Valley Eats would actually take us because we're totally different. We're a different market, different everything. Like we're we're not a restaurant, but we asked. We asked, and they didn't say no. <laughs> they didn't say no, and they actually revamped everything to have us come in there. Yeah. So so they're launching a whole retail area, I believe. Um, so yeah, we're pretty happy about it. It really stemmed. I don't know how many times, even last winter. Um, I have some friends that are elderly that can't, or that mobile, mobile in the winter. So they'd be out of dog food. So of course you're going to help your neighbor. Um, but now having that ability for individuals to be able to order their food, if it's a snow day and they're stuck in the house or for those, um, business women that men and women, sorry, <laughs> bias, <laughs> that are working till six, seven o'clock at night and need food, but can't get out of the office or they, they're swamped that now we have that ability to help them. So um, it's really offering a service that nobody else could. Um, you may not need it all the time, but there's always going to be a day that it's like Sunday at five o'clock and you have dinner going, but you don't have food for Monday morning for your dog. So order it. Yeah. Been there, done that. I mean, I'm been running out, you know, last minute to get my dog some dog food. And, um, but the thing is, is that if you don't ask, you don't get, and Ryan and Dan are two amazing guys. I love chatting with them whenever I have the chance. I love plugging them. So shout out again to Ryan and Dan from Valley Eats because I love that they signed you guys on. And I mean, if anybody has any other ideas, you know, in, in terms of delivery options, go to Ryan and Dan and ask them because you never know what they, uh, they, yeah, they might just say, so Jill, I want to shine a light on you for a second um, because you're a dog mom of four, which is wild because I find it busy enough with two dogs and a toddler. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, you're expecting your first little boy in just a few short weeks or any day now. I mean, you could literally go into labor right now. Please <laughs> so do you get a maternity leave or do you get a break from the business? Like what's going to happen there? Yeah. So you know what it's like um, being a, a female entrepreneur, woman entrepreneur. It's, it's hard. You are your business. So realistically I will take time off because um, Tina's going to be mad if she doesn't yeah <laughs> so I'm actually having a scheduled c-section so I know that I won't have a choice but to be down for a few weeks um six weeks 
<laughs> yes, yes, you'll need it. But but realistically, you are your business. So I will be doing what I can from home. Um, I've, I've already outsourced um, social media to Amanda. She's taking over while I'm taking a mat leave. So I don't have to worry about the social media side, but I'll still be doing ordering from home. Uh, realistically, though, I've, I've taken three weeks off and then I'll start back some half days. Tina Maybe keeps shaking. Weeks. Yeah, Tina keeps shaking her head. No, she's like, uh, uh-uh. uh. We can do that is if we have a playpen back here and baby comes with. <laughs> realistically, that's what's gonna happen. Um, so yeah, it's it's just one of those things about being a female entrepreneur. Um, I've seen many other business owners. Uh, Quinn upstairs has her little dude on her side some days, and it's just it's just part about part about being, being a woman sorry, in business. Yeah. Brain, yeah, part of being a woman in business. Yeah, just. Um, we don't get nine months. Nine months is not going to happen. Um, I'll try for a month. I'll probably go crazy. I'll probably still be doing stuff from home, but you, you are your business. So yeah. I don't think she understands how busy she's going to be. No, no. I said the same thing. I, I said the same thing. Like, and the, and I didn't start my, like, I didn't start the podcast until I was six months like my daughter was six months old. I was trying to think. I was like, when, how old was she? she said, no, not even six to eight months. I think I was starting to think um, about starting the podcast, but no, everybody tells you you're going to be busy. You're going to be just adjusting. It's a whole new way of life. And sure us, us seasoned moms look, you know, make it look so easy with like running around town and juggling a business with their baby on their hip. You can do it, but let yourself have those first few weeks or a month or however long you need. And if Tina's going to take over everything and let you sit back, enjoy it because this only happened so many times. And as long as I don't have to do social media, we're good. (laughs) There you go. Now, Tina, I would like to dedicate this episode to your former dog, Kinsley, which I love her name, by the way, what a beautiful name. So can you tell us about Kinsley and share with us her story? Um, yeah, so Kinsley came to me quite by accident, actually. Um, I was looking for a cattle dog and I came across stumpy tail cattle dogs. And um, yeah, she, I contacted the breeder. There was only one breeder in the U.S., uh, in North America, and that was in, in the U.S., in Texas. And um, at that time, she didn't have any available, so I was put on a wait list. Um, I got a phone call a few days later that Kinsley was available um, because the people who had a deposit on her wanted a male instead. So she came home and um, she quickly became my heart dog, uh, is what we called her, uh, for both my husband and I. Um, She just stole our hearts. Um, About a year later, Kinsley was diagnosed with uh, epilepsy. So we... um, then she really became our heart dog because we really, really, really had to, I don't know how to explain it. We just had to, we had to love her more and give her more. And um, yeah, I don't know how to, to explain the feeling that that dog gave us, but she, she was an amazing girl. She was smart and witty and fun and for the most part, well behaved. <laughs> After I did a lot of training with her before um, we found out about her epilepsy, um, it kind of, she kind of got away with a lot more after that. <laughs> <laughs> but she was always just a sweet girl, loved beat boating and swimming. And um, yeah, she was amazing. Unfortunately, we lost her uh, when she was six years old to a, t- a tumor. Um, and a lot of people are 
you know, say their story um, or, or whatnot. But at the end of the day, she gave us so much. Um, and I am just grateful that I had her in my life for six years. Oh, well, it sounds like she had the best six years of her life. And, and I mean, from boating and, and going out swimming and car rides and all that, like, it just sounds like she just lived her life to the fullest and you guys gave that best life to her. So, oh, well, she sounded like a great dog. All right, ladies. Well, if everyone is done kind of shedding a tear there, cause my tears were just kind of like, <gasps> hold them back there. <laughs> We're going to move into my rapid 10. We're going to get things right back up again and let's do this. All right. So here we go. Ladies, do service dogs have to wear a vest or patch or special harness identifying, identifying them as service animals? Yes, they should. They don't technically have to, but they should have some sort of um, identification for sure. We recommend it. How about that? <laughs> and you have to you have to have your doctor's note on you so you could be asked to provide proof of service dogs that would be showing that your doctor does uh prescribe a service dog for you but we do ask our clients to wear their vest wear stuff that's uh visible just to save the heartache tina i know it's not tuesday but what's your tip for tuesday this week um let's see I think the biggest mistake a lot of us make with our dogs is not letting them be a dog. Let them be happy and run around and be full of joy. Um, training is one part of their life. The other part is just being allowed to be dogs. Our service dogs do so much for us that I often tell our, our clients, take the vest off and let them run, let them play, and let them be dogs. A ball can be an amazing thing, right? So. Um, and I, I will put that out there to any dog owner. Sometimes we just have to let them be dogs. Yeah. Constantly correcting isn't fun. No. They're children. You <laughs> <laughs> can't take all their fun away. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Does a hospital have to allow an inpatient with a, with a disability to keep a service animal in his or her room? Um, they don't have to. Um, but most will, uh, depending on where they are. Um, obviously in an ICU, we have to keep that very sterile. So um, yeah, we don't, it, it, that's a tough question. Like again, it's not law, but it is part of the, the service dog act, or not, that's not the word I'm trying to think disability. of. Disability. The disability act says that they can, but let's be realistic and, um, use common sense, right? There's certain places where they shouldn't be, um, but we've had uh, dogs go into the hospital. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like the main, the two main areas of service dogs aren't allowed. They're not allowed in an operating room. They're not allowed in a commercial kitchen. So staying operating room, it's because it's sterile. So if you're in an area of the hospital that requires, if it's an infective, infective disease area, if it's the ICU, if you're in the hospital and your dog's there with you, who's taking your dog up to pee? who's going to be there if your dog wants to jump off and go visit other people. So it, as nice as it is, um, sometimes it's just not realistic. So, What brand of pet food do you recommend for dogs with sensitivities? Oh, that's a good one. Um, there, we have quite a few brands. Um, there is one that um, I tend to lean towards, and that's the pet kind. I lean towards that because it, it's single source proteins, um, a little bit easier to digest and a little bit easier for dogs with sensitivities. 
Um, I also, um, with dogs with allergies, I also will go to the frozen raw food as well. Um, I mean, every dog is different. So learning about the dog asking the right questions and what's going to work for that dog um, is really kind of how we, how we work. Um, so one food is not going to be good for one dog and, it, and another food will be perfect for that dog, right? So it, it really just depends on the dog. So for us, it's asking the right questions and, and kind of knowing what that dog needs at that time. Um, here's one that I'm really, really curious about. Can a service dog be kenneled with other dogs at a dog kennel? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Oh, interesting. So yeah. Cause I was always wondering, like if you go on vacation or something and, and you need someone to watch your dog and no one's available. And if you could just take them to the kennel. Absolutely. Yeah. Once again, um, that vest is off. They're just dogs. Um, hmm. and allow, and I, I do actually tell people, take your dog to the kennel. Yeah, uh, especially, um, you know, a kennel where they're allowed to play together and, and just be dogs yeah. again. Yeah. And I mean, personally, shout out to Wiley, because a lot of our dogs, we tell them, send them to daycare. Yeah. Send them to daycare one day a week that they can just like shut their brains off and just go and play and be a dog. Um, the, the other myth that goes with that is that you can't have another dog if you have a service dog. No, you could. Some organizations don't like it that they want there to be only one dog in the house, but Realistically, I think 90% of our clients have a second dog, um, that the dog can just be a dog when they're home and the rest is off. Okay, there we go. And yes, and I second the Wiley Kennel, just everybody knows. Yeah, just, just love, 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 love <laughs> them there. That's where my dogs go. Um, okay, who was the first dog to become officially service dog certified with Watch My Six? I think Matt, actually it was Jill's dog, Max, was the official yeah. uh, cert certified dog. Yeah, so prior to that, we, we internally cer certified, but when we became accredited with the Canadian Service Dog Trainer Association, coming with that, we were able to use their accreditation and their, their test that's used nationally by many other organizations. So Max was the first one to actually be certified under our program through the Service Dog Trainer Association. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. your opinion, which brand of dog toy is undestroyable? None. No. <laughs> No such thing. Every dog, again, every dog is different. And um, just knowing your dog's uh, strengths and, and weaknesses when it comes to toys. And I mean, weaknesses, like some dogs are have a weakness to squeakies and they're going to kill them. <laughs> uh, but um, no, no, no toy is indestructible. We have some tough ones. Um, but I would say Kong, um, the original Kong is probably the best one. Um, but other than that, no, there's no, and they can be eaten through too, just so you know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm so personally, um, I have a female husky that she, she goes full destructo. Um, <laughs> like if she's taking it to the bedroom, it's going to die. Like that's where toys go to die. She grabs them slowly, but the, the ones that have taken her the longest, because um, yeah, every dog, every dog's going to be able to kill things. Um, but the ones that have taken her the longest are the Kong, um, some of the Chuckets and JW balls. Yeah. Just with how tough the rubber they are, we do have a whole section of the store that is just the tough toys for those dogs. But again, nothing's nothing's indestructible. Yeah. <laughs> well, just like the Titanic shouldn't have slapped on unsinkable, right? Exactly. It may take them a little longer. <laughs> Myth or truth? Seizure alert dogs are trained to detect oncoming seizures. Oh, that's a good one. Um, 
from what I understand, and I am like I am not an expert in this field at all, but some dogs can actually smell it. Uh, apparently, there's a, a chemical change uh, within your body, um, sometimes hours before a seizure, and um, yeah, they can smell it. So, with that being said, um, a lot of seizure alert dogs are not actually um, being trained to alert to a seizure. They're being trained to help when the seizure is happening. So keeping people away, keeping the, the, their humans safe, um, that sort of thing, getting help if they need to. So a lot of them are being trained for that as opposed to being trained to sniff out a seizure. All right, ladies, and you know this is coming. What's one local business you think everyone should know about? Um, for me, and I, I mean, most people do know about this business because, um, well, it's the only one in Petawawa, but besides Canix, um, but I'm going to do a shout out to um, Independent and to Val. And the reason being is Val has supported us 125% um, right from the get go. She has given us um, advice and reassurance and I can't even tell you how much more she has done for us. Um, her support has been amazing. And yeah, we love her. Thanks, Val. Yeah, so she's an amazing PBAN member. So the Petawawa Business Association. Um, there's a few others in that group that have been absolutely champions for us. But Val, she's, she's here bringing us flowers, here checking in on us. Just like she, she gets it. She knows what it's like to open a store. Um, and yeah, she's been and be afraid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> terrified, <laughs> terrified about. Oh, did I do the right thing here? Uh, so yeah, she's been amazing with us. You have one. Well, I have one, and this Tina's gonna be modest, but um, Tina's husband and son own Dog Coast Brewing, and I absolutely love that beer. Uh, they, I can't drink now, but I've kind of been stashing it. Um, <laughs> but another amazing veterinarian business. They're both still actively serving. Brady's actually serving in the UK. He's Canadian military, but in the UK, so half operating a business over hours and thousands of miles away in the UK, and they're they're rocking it. They have the new location in Petawawa as well. Um, but yeah, just another great local business that Tina probably wasn't going to brag about them, but it's, <laughs> they're they're doing great things there. Well, don't worry, Jill. I will have a beer for you, and you'll be enjoying them in just a few weeks. Don't worry, Mama. You'll. You'll be able to taste beer and wine and all that fun stuff all over again. And, and great shout out to Val too. Love Val. She's such a great community champion for everybody here in the Valley. So I'm really glad that you guys acknowledged her as well. Um, well, ladies, I want to thank both of you for sitting down with me today and taking the time out of your busy days to chat all about the work that you guys are doing, as well as your team, and just helping so many people in the area, you know, just training their service dogs and just educating us and bringing awareness of what they can do for us. So thank you both so much. Thank you very much for having us. And um, anybody out there um, who needs us, just uh, come on in and see us. Um, and thank you to our amazing community for all the, the support that you've shown us, not only with Watch My Six, but with End, End of the Leash. Our, um, our showing on Saturday was absolutely crazy and amazing, and we, we felt the love for sure. Thank you very much. We'll tell them where they can go in to see you guys in person, uh, where they can go online, as well as follow you both on all the socials. Yeah, 
yeah, so we're located at 3067 Petaluma Boulevard, Unit 4. It's actually kind of hidden. We're down behind Gearhead, so you have to actually drive around the building around the left. Uh, we're a little hidden area, but we absolutely love it. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram for both Watch My Six and End of the Leash. Um, so End of the Leash is End of the Leash um, on both Instagram and Facebook. Same with Watch My Six, Watch My Six Service Dogs. Um, follow us on both. We're always sharing good tips, um, successes, achievements. We love celebrating what our teams are doing and what we're doing in the store. So um, follow along for those. Yeah, I mean, we all love seeing dogs on our feeds anyway. So if you guys aren't following them already, what are you waiting for? Go give them a follow. Anyways, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in and following along. As I mentioned in my last episode, we are looking for new babes uh, to feature in 2022. So if you're interested in featuring your business, give me a shout, let me know. And we will see you next Monday. Mm -hmm.